Shares of Apple are up a staggering 70% in 2019. That's just not supposed to happen. By the time companies reach the size of Apple, their earnings growth and their stock gains tend to slow, but not in this market. We live in an age of huge companies getting huger. The flip side is that some small companies are getting left behind. I'm Alex Yule. Welcome to The Readback. This week, I'm joined by Barron's senior writer, Avi Saltzman, who just wrote a cover story about the strange world of small cap stocks. Hey, Avi. Hey, Alex. It's been a banner year for the stock market, and it feels like stocks are hitting record highs every day. But there is actually one part of the market that's been left out of the party for the most part. Tell us a little more about that. Sure, the, the little guy's losing out, you know. Small cap stocks have trailed big caps again this year, and they're not hitting record highs. And uh, that's been a big question for analysts and investors. When's the small cap rally going to happen? Okay, and tell us a little bit more about what makes something a small cap. So the people who run the Russell 2000, which is the most prominent index that covers small caps, say that it's stocks that have a market cap of less than $5 billion. And now that obviously seems pretty big in and of itself, but in general, under $5 billion is considered a small cap. And that could range anywhere from in the hundreds of millions to a few billion dollars. Okay, and we're talking about market value, right? Yeah. And just to put that in a little more perspective, Apple and Microsoft today are worth over a trillion dollars. So, you know, $5 billion does sound like a lot, but in the world of the stock market these days, it's actually not that big. Yeah, it's fascinating in a world where $1 trillion is no longer a theoretical idea. These stocks that have $5 billion in market cap are pretty small. Reading your story about small caps sort of made me think a lot about baseball and the notion of minor leagues and major leagues. And so people who follow baseball, usually they spend most of their time paying attention to the major league baseball team. But if you're really into it, you tend to look at the pipeline of talent that's in these teams' minor leagues. And that's where you get kind of the really young prospects who are moving through quickly and are projected to be in the majors really soon. But you also get kind of the career minor leaguers who do very well in the minors, they hit well, but they're never quite going to make it all the way to the majors. And then you have some that just flame out. Is that a good way of thinking about small caps? Yeah, I think most of the managers who invest in small caps say, I don't want minor leaguers for too long. I don't want small caps to stay small caps. I'm excited for them to become mid caps. But yeah, I think that's one way of looking at it. Small caps allow you to kind of invest in the unheralded prospects that might become the big prospects. And so if you're an investor, that's where you take your risks and it's where you get your really big wins and your big upside. So why is that not quite working right now? Why are they trailing the market? So there are a few reasons that small caps are trailing. I think one of them is that a large number of small caps in the Russell 2000 are actually in sectors that have not quite risen as much. So it just so happens that financial services is the number one sector in small caps. That's just because of the nature of which small companies are emerging right now. Now, those might be you know, some hometown banks that lend money to people who are trying to buy a home. And those companies aren't doing so well because interest rates are so low. Huh. So one of the reasons is simply the fact that, like in the S&P 500, a quarter of the companies are tech stocks. Tech's done great. The Googles, the Apples of the world are soaring. Bank stocks, not so much. And because it just so happens that 
small caps include a lot of those kind of companies, it hasn't been as good a year this year and last year either. And how much of the small cap index is made up of tech stocks? So in small caps, it's just about 12% versus 23% in the S&P. And do you have any sense of why the small cap universe has kind of become so tech light? Well, you know, there are uh, some ideas about that. One of them is that, you know, the really good tech stocks have kind of jumped to mid-cap. Uh-huh. A lot of tech stocks have also skipped this phase altogether. You know, if you're an Uber, you're probably not raising money by going public early. You know, Uber became an enormous company in the private markets. Right, right. That's the whole unicorn phenomenon. Right. And so I think that some of the small cap tech stocks have actually missed out on being small caps. They stayed private a long time and they emerge as large caps with often 20 billion or more in market value. Right. And so when Uber came public earlier this year, I mean, it was immediately one of the largest companies in the stock market. Right. And I think a lot of tech stocks are like that these days. You know, there are these enormous platforms. I think it's hard to emerge in the public markets and kind of grow in a more progressive way. A lot of these companies, they get VC money and they got to kind of go big or go home. Right. Why even bother with small caps these days then? Small caps, I think, are an interesting investment in part because they're more domestically focused. So they sell more of their goods in the U.S. Uh, If you see the U.S. economy growing next year, there's a good chance that they're going to outperform large caps. They simply are more exposed to a growing U.S. economy. So, you know, if you want to really diversify your portfolio, I think a lot of people say small caps are an interesting bet here. And large caps, by the nature of how fast some of these really big companies have grown, are really not that diversified anymore, right? That's right. These top 10 stocks take up an enormous portion of the S&P 500. So you're really betting on several tech stocks that we've seen a growing risk there, obviously, from regulation from a change in business models, from potentially even upstart competitors. So in some sense, risky small caps, or this group of small companies that have historically been risky, could you make the argument that, in fact, if you're an investor, you need some of those small caps to de-risk the large cap stuff now? Yeah, look, in general, we're big proponents of diversification, and small caps is certainly an area where you can diversify your portfolio. Because you have so many different kinds of companies making up that group, right? Yeah, you may not have heard of Axum Therapeutics, the Constellation Pharmaceuticals, Kodiak Sciences. These don't roll off the tongue, right, like Apple. And that comes, I think, from the top 10 performing small caps you have in your story this year, right? That's right. I haven't heard of any of them. Yeah, and if you had uh, invested in them, you know, you wouldn't have just made 70%, you would have made over 900%. So, I mean, obviously, it's hard to choose these kinds of companies. But but if you do buy an index of them, you're going to get a very different kind of exposure than you will with the S&P 500. Um, and, you know, the potential, if you find the right manager, if you know how to pick them, for even more stratospheric gains, I think. At a certain point, a company like Apple, there's a law of large numbers. They can only sell so many iPhones, right? Absolutely. Uh, but a, a company that's you know worth a billion dollars and maybe sells an interesting pharmaceutical or a company that's maybe a startup web company, they could really rise by much more impressive numbers. Obviously, they could also fall a lot. But I do think that some people look at small caps as what we call a risk-on trade. If you believe that riskier stocks can do better, small caps are a decent place to start looking. You mentioned that you really have to know how to pick them. 
in the small cap universe because they're so unknown. But the problem with small cap stocks is very few people cover them. Wall Street analysts don't spend a lot of time on them. We don't hear about them in the media. So if I'm an investor, how do I even go about picking these things? And why are they so unknown? It's hard to cover 2,000 stocks. I mean, that's just the nature of it. Right. Apple is covered by 44 Wall Street analysts. And I just looked up some of the names you mentioned among the best performing small cap stocks. One of them is Axum Therapeutics. It's up 1,600% this year. It only gets covered by eight analysts. Right. So that kind of tells a story. Yeah. Some of them are covered by even fewer. And so that means that, you know, a smart fund manager can really get an edge where I think a lot of large cap managers are struggling to get an edge right now and usually trailing their benchmarks. I think some people would argue, look, you really should, in this case, you really should look to active management, which means you should invest in a mutual fund run by somebody with a track record. So that's why we picked five of those, because we thought, you know, people should probably have some guidance in this stuff instead of sort of blindly trying to find the winners in a pool of 2,000 plus stocks. You have a bunch of ways to play the small cap theme in your cover story this week. So hopefully... Everyone who's listening will go and read the full story. But give us a little bit of a flavor. I mean, how do you play this from a broad point of view if you want to be interested or if you want to be invested in small caps? So in some ways, the simplest way to do it is just buy the Russell 2000. You can buy an ETF of those stocks and see where they go. Some people also, though, would argue you can buy a sort of more refined index. There's something called the S&P 600, which you can buy as an ETF, where they screen out stocks that are not profitable. And that's another way of doing it. I think that there are pluses and minuses to both views. Uh, Some people say, look, you got to buy the whole index so you can get the benefit of maybe a biotech stock that isn't making money now. But others would say, look, why would I buy a money-losing stock? That's been a disaster. So a lot of the companies in the Russell 2000 just don't even make money. Yeah, say about a quarter, I think, from what uh, one analyst told me. And you mentioned that even on the aggregate level, the level of earnings growth coming from the small cap universe in the coming months or the coming year isn't even particularly well agreed upon. Right. And that's, I think, what turns a lot of people off from this. But, you know, I I think what the argument is from a lot of strategists right now and, and, you know, Bank of America, Merrill Lynch and Jeffries are saying this is going to be the hot theme of 2020. The argument is, look, these guys have been overlooked too long. It's time for investors to get involved. So, you know, they make a pretty compelling case, even though small caps are not necessarily cheap on a historical basis, they're cheaper than usual compared to like the S&P 500. Right. And of course, we like to make contrarian calls at Barron's. This feels like a very contrarian call right now, right? Yeah, it's becoming slightly more uh, consensus, but I think that a lot of people have ignored these stocks, so it does feel a little bit contrarian. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Avi. Thank you very much. To read Avi's story about the potential comeback for small caps, check out this week's Barron's and, as always, barrons.com. I'm Alex Yule. The show is produced by Meta Lutzhoff. The Readback will return next week.